everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirit Chatter. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's like day two without coffee, so. Is that what you're doing right now? Yes, I'm working with Sarah. You actually sent me an email, and it was like, hey, just don't like yell if I yell at you too much, like, uh, because I'm withdrawing from coffee. Coffee, alcohol, sugar. Yeah, what sparked that? Um... I mean, like 10 years of being unhappy with myself, probably. And unhappy and with yourself or your physical self? I mean, for or me, both. for me, it's one and the same. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, knowing that Sarah is knows what she's doing yeah. and has seen the results of like healing herself and her body through yeah. nutrition. And she just knows so much and I trust her. And so it just felt and I know that and I've seen how she lives her yes. lifestyle and it's not it's not like she doesn't drink a glass yeah. of wine every once in yeah. a while. And like, I'm like, okay, that's Maybe a life. Too I, often, but oh. <laughs> just, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm like, just that's a life I can, it can be sustainable and I can yes. get behind. I just have a lot of work to get there, but that's probably what most of mostly what it was. And also I just was like, it's time. Yeah. yeah. And I've been like, probably thought about death a lot. <laughs> I love it. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. um, I do know what you mean because yeah. I love talking yeah. about death, but why have you been thinking about death? Well, particularly? I think, probably after my 37th birthday, which I know isn't that old, but I was just like, you know, we may or may not ever have kids and I'm okay with that decision. And Bill and I have an amazing relationship and we've been together for almost 20 years and that's not going to change. And, you know, our life is like really great, but the only thing that isn't is yeah. my health. And I'm, we want to do so much for the yeah. next, you know, 70, 80 years together. Yeah. And I don't want to be, um, inhibited prohibited from doing yeah. that because of the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. You have tailwinds and headwinds, right? And so you always, it's, you want to maximize your physical experience while having a being rooted in being, but you have this physical experience, right? right. Let's, let's not deny that, right? There's yes. a, there's an element of spirituality can go too far. Where you're like, I'm just floating back here. Right. Like that's, and that's wonderful. Like if that's yeah. your thing, that's cool. But for us, like business, meets spirituality, intersects spirituality, life intersects all of that business mm -hmm. and spirituality, which is maximizing your physical experience that has to do with how you feel physically, right? Cause yeah. there's you that's in there, but you're still experiencing how your body feels like this yeah. is not deny that. So then, then it's like, how do you maximize that experience and kind of maximize your genetic makeup? Cause everyone has like, like some people may live to 130, right? Some people may live to 70 or 80, However, it's still longevity, right? And everything in between. Mm -hmm. But on average, if it's 83 years old, like, then why not maximize that 83 right, years exactly. old? There, there are expiration times for each person may be a little bit different in the grand scheme of things. It, it's seconds, right? And if you think about hundreds of thousands of years that human sapiens have been around, then five more years or 20 more years actually really isn't big or for the billions of years that the world's been around or even dinosaurs, right? A couple thousand years, not different. But I was gonna say, but even the fact that we are only around here for a hundred years, an extra year or two is a lot. Especially when you're experiencing it. Yeah. And if you feel good during it. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. It's the quality of your life yeah. more than the length of your life. Now, both totally. are really well and the quality of your life can be summarized in how your physical ex experience expression of that, that can be what you do, how you share, how you show up. And everyone has got a different nature from there, right? Right. Um, I don't necessarily think everyone needs to be around people. I think there's people that can be by themselves, which I think there are. I think people need love being around people. And that's wonderful, too. Like, for instance, even in the we this is right after the 4th of July and there's a bunch of 
fireworks and you know we have a boat down in the marina and like for like all year we're like oh we're gonna go down to the third of july and kind of be down there and watch the fireworks go this whole thing and then we were up at our mountain house and uh, it's a little cabin that we have right it's nothing crazy and we were just there and we're like do we really want to go down the idea of being down there in front of every people i don't really like to drink yeah i don't really like to stay up late and i don't like not getting good sleep right i'm serious so it's like i, I wait these not like to i wait i wait up these three decisions though and it's yeah. like and, and sarah's like yeah, let's just stay here. And like yeah. we had our campfire, we had our own thing and it was I wonderful. And I was yeah. sleeping by nine and I got up the next morning super early and did like a two hour mountain bike ride in the, like in the middle of like the early dawn that was coming in. I was like, this doesn't beat this. I wouldn't have done that if I went down there. Right. And I was going to say why, I mean, I do like to drink, Yeah, <laughs> but I know it's not great for me and you don't like to drink because you know what the, it'll feel like the next day. Is that why? Um, I guess I just don't feel I need to. It doesn't mean that I'm not, I don't enjoy glasses of wine, right? Yeah. I do. I just kind of have a limit that I never really ever go past two glasses of wine. Uh, one, because I know what can, I've been there, done that. Like my high school, college days were mm-hmm. filled with that. And I just kind of woke up one day and said, I don't really need that anymore in my life. Um, I guess I don't need it either. I just like it. Yeah. Delight in it. Right? And <laughs> yeah. you should like, there's go do it. Right. It's just, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Everyone's a little bit different that way. And there's plenty of people that love that, right. That love to be able to do those different experiences. But I think for me, I wake up and I go, I would, I know that tomorrow morning there's going to be an effect right mm-hmm. from what I'm doing here. And if I'm up until 11, and I'm not, look, go do it. Right. Like everyone should like, I'm not against staying up to midnight or one o'clock and especially having fun. I, I stayed up for 36 hours when I did an adventure race for 36 hours. Right. So it's not, I would never stay up for 36 hours for that, but it's just, it's just shows a little bit of difference of, of, I think it's, it's knowing you and what it is. I, I actually use that because we actually, cha- we had a little struggle with that decision, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, Oh, we should be down because fourth everyone's down there and yeah. like we got a boat we can go sit on the boat right there and it'd be perfect and there's all this stuff there and we've been talking about it and then when it really came down to it i'm like well which one's going to bring us more joy right which one's actually going to bring us more joy and the answer for both of us was clearly staying up here in, in the stow where it's a controlled environment we had kids that were you know that were a little bit younger too so then like i just know that they would Kind You'd of have to watch that screaming, yeah. and at some point, and like they'd have fun, and, and, those, and we <laughs> well, wouldn't you have enjoyed that anyway? Absolutely, I would have. The question becomes: Is right? Which one do you want to have a? Which one can you physically experience a little bit more? Like, which one's going to bring a little bit more? Um, uh, I think you can always enjoy every event that's going on, but which one is going to? Which one is going to maximize your physical experience of what that looks like? Um, and for us, it was just, it was staying up there versus necessarily being on a boat, which kind of comes back to, um, I think it's really interesting right now. I was listening to this podcast this morning and there was an additional conversation about money. Um, and I think it's fascinating to see how, uh, how the world is shifting in terms of how we're spending your money. And you cited this article, um, uh, recently where people actually have more money, but are choosing not to spend it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I still, I, th- I still think it's very prevalent in our world where particularly young men and women, but men particularly, I'm just speaking from my experiences, you kind of get into the world of business or, or working. And I see this right now with some people that are young in our organization and they're just, they're like, Hey, you know, the guy with the, you know, yellow Ferrari or whatever it is that's out there. Like I just need to be them and, and, and have that. But, 
nothing wrong with any of those things. Kind of like you could have that experience for it, mm-hmm. but it's still never going to bring you what you're looking for, which is the fullness of life. And I think that's just such an interesting conversation to have because I don't think for one, you can't, you can't have it enough because people are still searching and now and the people may not do it in cars. They may do it with, with houses. They may do this with trips or maybe this different things. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But again, it comes down to the point if you're doing any of that as a way to try to make your life moment that you're having better in terms of how you feel inside, it doesn't work because if you're, if you're a seven inside, you may go to an eight when you go to a vacation, but then it quickly backs down to a seven, right? So you're almost always go back to this baseline of where you're at in your life. And that's why they say people that win the lottery within six months revert back to basically exactly the same level of joy that they had in their life. And that actually comes from the book of joy, right? And uh, conversely, people that actually have became like paraplegic um, within, I think it was a year, if I'm not mistakenly, actually went back to their baseline of where they were at in joy level. So it's almost like good things can happen, bad things can happen, but at some point you you get, you almost adopt and, and kind of bring your, your, but can you increase your baseline? Well, I think you can increase the baseline if you do the inner work. Right. It's nothing. It's not the outer work that's going to increase it. Now, again, I'm all for maximizing, which is why we started this conversation for maximizing the physical experience that you're having, right? Like being able to have money to be able to make different decisions or going, it's wonderful. I had to just mention this because as you're talking about like the cars and whatever, I watched uh, the Wolf of Wall Street again. I mean, I've read the book and of course watched the movie several times. It's an amazing movie and book, but I felt like, I feel like he is such a perfect example of no matter how much money you have. Yeah. I mean, cause he had every, yes. I mean, everything. I mean, he had yeah. a yacht and, uh, that actually capsized and yeah. And yes. Then, and then, yes. I mean like literally he had, he had money and he just didn't even matter what he was doing with it. Like he was just couldn't spend it enough. And I don't think he was a particularly happy or joyful individual. Well, no, I mean, well, part of that too, is that like you, once you get on the cycle, like it almost is like a little bit of a hit of a drug. Like you're like, you instantly get turned on from getting this new thing. And I also, there's two things. One is so the people get on this cycle. It's like, how high can I keep climbing this ladder? Right. So like, if I just get to the next rung, then that's going to be it. Right. If I just get this next bracket of income or this next thing that I get, right. And it can be anything. If I just get to the next thing, then it'll, then that's what's going to bring me joy. But it's like Will Smith said in his autobiography, right. He said, when I was, when I was young and, and poor, it was very easy to say, I was going to feel good when I'm rich and famous. Mm-hmm. But then when he became rich and famous and he still felt the exact mm-hmm. same way, he said, I didn't, I couldn't go when I'm rich and famous, I will feel better. And that's why he turned into the inner work. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like when you're, I think a lot of people kind of, when they come, like when I said a younger generation, when they're earlier in their life, besides when you have like, you know, when you're 37 or 40, you start evaluating your life, kind of mm-hmm. what you're saying there. Um, you kind of go like, Hey, when I get to this level, that's when I'll be okay to be rich. But I think what we're, or, or be wealthy inside mm-hmm. or feel good inside. I think what the concept needs to be changed is that we need to teach people earlier on, right. Modeling this behavior that look, if you get this trip, if you get, you know, this toy, right. That's what we try to do with our kids all the time. Like, so you buying this extra set of Pokemon cards, how is that really going to bring you joy? Like, Oh, it's going to be fun. I go, I get it's gonna be fun, but how quickly does it literally, you bought your last pack and within five minutes, you were done with it. They're on the floor. So how is this quick hit that you're going to have actually going to make you feel good? So I think you can just have conversations like this 
that we can start really early on, that things outside are fun. Yes, delight in them. But delight versus thinking that they're that you need them to be awesome inside is just irrelevant. I, I love what Will said about that when I was young and didn't have money and not famous. When I became famous and became rich, then that was going to be wonderful. And then I was going to feel good. And then when that actually happens, you get even more, I, I always use the word depressed. You don't like that word when I use it, but like you do all of a sudden you get shallower inside because you realize the path that you're on doesn't work. And I think that's why people actually start to have midlife crises because they get to a certain point and they go, Oh, it's not going to happen to me. Not happen to me. Then all of a sudden one day they wake up and they go, this feels different. Cause I think what you're really doing is you're going, okay, I've kind of, I've kind of been halfway through this ride. And everything that, and maybe I've gotten a lot of what I've thought I was going to get here or like this was going to be here, but yet I'm not feeling that much different. And so therefore they go, then what can I change outside? Right. And then if you're smart, you go and say, well, let me just go change inside. So then I can experience the things outside and maximize it and still make decisions and do all that stuff. You're still living the physical world. Go have fun. I mean, sometimes like, you know, in, in relationship, cause people know that I'm, I'm always, you know, three, two, one, let go, relax and surrender. And sometimes people will take that opposite approach to me. So like when somebody's trying to end to a relationship or something, like this, mm-hmm. well, just, just relax Adam, or just let it go. Just let and it it's go. like, yeah. hold on, letting it go inside has nothing to do with a contractual relationship in business. Right. And so like, it's, it's not, it's like you're playing sport. I always look at literally business sport. If somebody goes into sports and they make a foul or they get disqualified for a game, they then go back to him and go, Hey man, you're kind of a spiritual dude. You just let that go and let me play again. It's like, no, like there's rules. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's judgment calls. There's all these things that are being made in there. And the same thing with sport, the same with, as business. Business is a sport. And I don't understand people how they, you just get more of that as understand. Yes, it's real. I get it. So are sports, right? It's you literally, if you want to really build a business, it comes down to maximizing your ability to hire really, really great people. And, and at that level, and then when you, you put them in there and it's like, I was having this conversation with this entrepreneur this morning. And, um, they're, you know, they're four years into their business and they're, you know, all this challenges, like, I don't think I have the right people here, but yet I, we grew out of them. How do I get rid of them? How do I do that? How do I make sure I invest in the, like all the same things that happens. Mm -hmm, And I was mm -hmm. like, look, the, the pancake has two sides. So this doesn't really end. Just understand that at some point the pancake just flips over and you may not have cash flow problems, but you've got a whole other leadership problem. Right. And, or you got, you know, at every level, like there's just a new set of problems that are there. I've never heard that analogy before. What? About the pancake. There's two sides to a pancake. Yeah. But then at some point it's done. Well, the point is like the one side (laughs) of the pancake, if you flip it over, there's another side to it, which means that like, but people use that. And I said to to what I was saying to this person and and they're talking through with them. I was like, look, don't think that once you get through this problem, that's like the problems are going to go away. And so just embrace the fact that business building is a set of problems that you get to experience and actually enjoy. It's not who you are. It's not what you do, but you're playing the sport. So play it as well as you can. You look like you wrote something down. Oh yeah. You know, when you were talking, um, before about, um, you know, you get people chasing money, right. And like thinking, and, and sometimes when you get to Will Smith or whoever get to a certain level, you think, okay, finally I'll feel a certain way. But I was thinking, I was relating that because we're talking about money specifically, but, um, I was really relating that back to our previous conversation about the idols and which are money, fame, Mm -hmm. power. And what was the fourth one? Pleasure. Pleasure. I, I feel like that concept is accurate in that people keep thinking that they're going to go, go after something money to feel a certain way. But depending on what your idol is, it's different. Like I'm not going after money to try to feel a certain way. 
Um, actually, I thought the example of Jordan Belfort from Walls. Wolf of Wall Street, as much as there was money around, I think he was going more for power. power. Yeah. It wasn't really about the money. Yeah. It was absolute. The he, money showed that you have power though. Right. Correct. And yeah. he didn't, and he could have cut a deal like two years earlier, before, but he didn't because he wanted to keep running the company yeah. um, and wasn't willing to step back because he still wanted to have that yeah. play, position of power. So anyway, it, was, it just made me think that every, depending on what your idol is and people can go back and listen to that episode, um, that, you have to just, I don't know, just be aware of what that is for you because what you are chasing, it might not be, some people might be listening to this and like me thinking it's not money for me. So I guess I'm good, but likely you're probably chasing something else thinking that it's going to make you feel so the question way. I always, yeah, the question I always ask. So then, and, and one we should all ask is like, why do I operate that way? Why do I actually do that? Right. So part of it is, is like your culture, right? Cause yeah, if you grew up conditioning in or India, like you wouldn't be most likely having this conversation. Well, it depends on where you grew up in India. True. But like, I'm just giving that geographically. Yeah. Right. But like, well, I guess you could say there's certain parts of the United States that you wouldn't oh, do that to as well. Yeah. So the point is like, there's, but, there's a culture. But then I think, but why, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> well, part of it is like, it's because your mind, you, you actually train your mind as a way to feel better. You want your, you act what most people are doing. So this is kind of the root. Yeah. Of the I just cost. meant like what it was, yeah. where you live have to do with it. Well, I think because you have a, you have people that fall into your life based on where you live and their directions help guide people. I mean, how many times you watched a movie or read a book and go, I'm going to go do that. Right. Like literally just one new piece of information. You're like, I'm going to go do that. Right. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, we've all done certain things right there. So our society in general has basically said, if you make money and if you have a really, if you go to college, you get these type of things and you get this, this part, then you should feel great. And the reality is that's just not true. It's actually not true. You could have all those things and feel wonderful. You could have none of those things and feel wonderful. Right. So the reality is what people should really teach is those are wonderful things. And you should go play all sorts of sports. You should try out, you should be in business. You should do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to do the inner work, which is what people don't want to talk about. Cause that's really the, the crux of this all comes down to is, are you willing to look and ask the question of why do I don't not like, I don't understand this. Why like, you just ask the question, why am I not okay in the first place? Seriously. Right. And then, and then you're, you start saying you, not you, but the, the, mind the general, says, you start because saying, you don't have, you don't have this or this didn't go your way or that person said that, or yes. And it starts making up all these reasons why you're not okay. And then you chase after those things. Right. You're trying to fix them. Cause it's not, for me, it's not always like the material thing you're chasing after, but it might be trying to fix a relationship yes. or, um, trying to win an award or get a promotion, you know, to make you feel and then people Certainly. go then like, well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. If you're doing it as a way of trying to make you feel better about yourself temporarily. It's like, if you have a, if you have a stomach ache at any point in time, right, there might be Pepto-Bismol that you take to do it. But if you keep having a stomach ache, you keep taking Pepto-Bismol at some point in time, you wake up and go, it's not the Pepto-Bismol, right? There's something going on. Go fix the root cause of it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing here. It's like we're using Pepto-Bismol as the chasing of the idols, like, so like, there's a root cause that says you have a stomach ache and then we go to Pepto-Bismol to make ourselves feel okay. Right. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens in life when you go, you wake up and you go, okay, well I'm not okay. So therefore I need a new job or I need a new career or I need a new relationship or I need more money or I need a thing or I need a vacation. One of those, whatever that is. Right. Just like taking Pepto-Bismol, it's not bad. It just doesn't work all the time. 
It, or it, long, work, long it doesn't work term. for long term. It works for a couple minutes, right. right? Relatively speaking, maybe it's a couple days or months, whatever it is. But at some point, I was actually even talking to this other guy who took a basically a six month vacation after um, selling his company, and he's like, he's like, I want to come back into it. I, I need like I've had a six month thing, like I just. I can't do anymore. Like I'm just bored. Like there's something else to do. And he's like, I've really sat with the question and listened to this pod, our podcast and said, why am I not okay? And he's like, I did a lot of six months of deep work. And I realized that, um, I want to maximize, he didn't say it like this. I want to have this physical experience. too. I enjoy doing part of this thing. And I want to go back into actually doing that. Um, so we were discussing what that looks like, but so he goes back to the root cause of like always asking the question, like, why aren't I not okay in the first place? And that goes back to even a duper root, which is that you have blockages. Like if your arm is broken, this sends signals to your brain, right? That says, and it's very clear. You go, well, my arm's broken and it hurts. So you go get it fixed. Well, your astro body, your energy body, we're getting this fun conversation for me. Anyways, your <laughs> astro body, your energy body is doing the same thing. It's going, I'm not okay. And it's trying to send an impulse to you. But then when you get the impulse, you go, okay, mind, tell me why I'm having this impulse of why I don't feel, I feel hollow or shallow or insecure or unconfident or unloved. Tell me what, and then your mind goes, I can fix it for you, Hallie. And then the mind goes, I only have a certain amount of data, right? Because mm -hmm. you only have the data based on the experiences that you have, which, you know, when people talk about like they have the fear of missing out, I'm going off tangent, but it's fun, right? But think of like the fear of missing Trying out. Trying to follow. Yeah. You know what the funniest thing about all what? this is? I'm like, somebody said that to me the other day. I go, well, that's the funniest thing because 99.99% .99 of events that are occurring, you're missing out on. Yes. So just make peace with the fact that you're not going to have them and actually put more quality into the experience that you're actually having. Instead of thinking that it's in, and this is part of our discussion for even the fourth that we were having, I'm like, just put the quality of the decision that we're making to stay up here. Anyways, going back to, um, the reason, so it sends this to your mind and your mind goes, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and now tell you how to actually make this feeling feel better, which is to go out and do something in the world so that you can then come back and mask this feeling that I have temporarily. And then it'll, when I get what I want, I don't disagree. You'll feel good. And then you're going to keep doing that cycle. Just like you're going to take the cycle of Pepto-Bismol. So the root cause is why are not people okay in the first place, which is what I think really people need to understand. And I love how you're looking at me right now, but like, no, <laughs> it's thinking about something, it's, it, yeah. but like, it's, it's the truth that like people, well, why, why can't you just walk through undisturbed? It's because you have all this stuff inside of you that's stored all the experiences that you liked, you stored all the, ex and I'm not talking memory storage. Because right? mm -hmm. like having a memory of something is different than you clinging to something right. or pushing it away. And all those things sit in there. And so then all of a sudden, when those things get hit from the outside events, it sends a signal that says, you should probably get rid of this. And your mind goes, well, I'm not going to get rid of it. I'm actually going to go do something else to mask it. And I'm going to go try to get something. And we'd use the outside world. And that's why our society has generally said, okay, if you go get these things, then you should feel, you should be okay. And I was, and I was actually even in a, a first thing, this I was listening uh, this morning to something and they were talking about how the 1950s was, um, arguably some, and I don't know this, but this is the, arguably some of the best years of people's lives. They said like the golden age was the 1950s of what it was. Now, I wasn't alive then, but that's kind of what they were <laughs> indicating that it was. And they said, mm -hmm. most likely if you ask people, and I actually hear my dad go, oh man, it was so much easier than, and like, and it's funny because yeah, there's, say, based on whose standards, I'm sure they weren't asking a bunch of women. Yeah. Well, whatever it was like, there's, well, there was, there was, there was actually a woman talking about it, but anyway, so it's like, it was just this, okay. so having this conversation, like what it was and what their whole comparison was is it, 
the there's two things. One is the, the difference between ultra wealthy and people were actually much shorter, right? Yes. And the comparison was much less. And so versus today, people wake up and they see on Instagram or on this, if you don't have a private yacht, um, this car, right. this house, this golf membership, private this jet. thing, this perfect partner that's right there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Private jet, then you're not making it. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. And so like they said, because they said by all comparisons, you have even adjusted for inflation. It's way more money now for people mm-hmm. today than it was and way more access to everything. Yet we're, we're, we're suffering more. We are as a society. You're just suffering. People are walking around this cloak of anxiousness all the time. Like it's just like draped around them and they started getting used to it. And it's kind of like the same thing with health. People just get used to like not feeling okay mm-hmm. until you wake up one day and realize, well, I want to feel better. I want to take this cloak off. And it's the same thing. Our whole society is walking around this cloak of anxiousness and people are trying to figure out what path to go because this whole thing of changing things doesn't really work. And so people need to understand that, okay, great, take it off, which means do the work inside because by comparison, right? If you're comparing yourself to anybody else, you're never going to win that game. And that's why I think people get caught in still thinking that that's how, well, if I just go get this to doing it, it's, you can't stress that enough. And something we try to drill into our kids and drill into people that are around us is that like, look, you got it. You just got to take off this cloak of anxiety. People right now don't, they've put it back on and it's like, they're walking around with it and they're stressed. I mean, what was what that you, stat that yeah. you were sharing? Right. It was like, it was like 80, slightly over 80% of C-suite executives that were interviewed or there was a study done by Deloitte, um, over 80% of, and it was exact C-suite executives said that they would rather they're more concerned with their well-being than their career advancement right now. And that they would, they're, and I think it was like 67 or 80, 67 or like 70% were like thinking about leaving their job simply because they, for well-being yeah. issues. And then the 80, uh, like around 70% said they're yeah. thinking about leaving it for yeah. well-being. 80% said they were more concerned about well-being than career, career advancement. advancement. So again, you right now. so what I'm saying, and that was international, I believe too. I that think was, it was, it, it was wasn't just at least US. US, Canada, and maybe yeah. one other country. It was country. a big study. So that was kind of, it's like, okay, well people are close, so that people are not doing okay. But then what's, so what do you think people are so anxious about? What do you think? Well, I, I think it's because I think ultimately people have woken up and realized that their path they're on doesn't work. But then what does, what does that cause anxiety? Because they don't know the next path. And, and maybe they're also seeing there's like 500,000 options, which totally. for me, sometimes that can yeah. cause like, which one should you do? Where should, what should you do? What I think you, what one's path, yeah. right? Whatever that path is for you at some point, whether you act on it is different, but at some point you wake up and you go, how do I feel? You know, you maybe don't say it like that. You're going kind of like, how am I doing in my life? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how am I really doing? And I think people ask that question and they try to convince themselves they're doing better. And then at some point they start to be more real with them. And it's so funny because when you ask that question, like, who are you afraid to admit it to? (laughs) It's like the Mm -hmm. funniest thing. It's like, you're afraid to get on a scale. Who's afraid to look at it? Who's afraid to look at your bank account? It's not like somebody's around you staring up, posting on YouTube, right? It's the funniest thing. So people just, they wake up and they go, how am I really doing? And I think people have asked that question over the last couple of years during Mm -hmm. what's happened. And now people are starting to get back into this cloak and they're going, I don't like the way this is. Like, I don't really know the path out of it. Like we're, we're told to do this maybe. And it's like, you're, you're almost right back into the same thing that you're doing. That's why we wrote about this not too long ago, where it was just like, you know, when somebody said, was life during COVID better? Now I get not the deaths and not that those things. So don't take it like that, but meaning like how people 
simplified their lives mm-hmm. and didn't travel. And so that it wasn't like this desire that, Oh, Hallie's in Florida. I should probably be in Florida. I'll go over here. No, everyone just kind of hang out. And like, it, it's, it, I get there was stress and I, I don't think it's easy yeah, for everybody. Yeah. And then people but, do, I mean, but don't people just naturally find something else to compare to? I, I think if we, today yes yeah. i think there's a way even that, during the past two years like oh well that person has a backyard that they can actually enjoy and i'm stuck in an apartment totally. in the yeah. city and yeah so i think and then people move from that and now people yeah. are moving back we're seeing that we're in real mm. estate we're seeing people that made investments in their real estate and yeah. go i don't really like it here my parents just bought a house finally after like a couple of years of looking in new hampshire and they bought it from a young couple from new jersey who had bought it yes during and they thought they wanted to go live like this more country lifestyle yes. and Nope. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. And I get it. Why? I mean, just like I love the mountains, people love the cities or people love the yeah. oceans or whatever it is. So just that's, that's irrelevant. Like really what people are doing is if I move somewhere different, how am I going to feel? Yeah. And that's, and that's, and then whether you're Michael Singer, Eckhart Tolle or whoever it is, they're going to say nothing wrong with moving that way. But the reality is if you moving some way to try to make yourself feel better, it's only going to last for six months a year until you sell it again and go, I'm going to go back there. So you just stop playing this game. That goes back to the question at some point in your life, you kind of wake up along your path and go, I don't really like this. Like this, something needs to change. But I think people right now are in this, this critical point. I actually always think about this too, from this angle is like, how far and like the evolution are we right now? Meaning like, again, the world, the the earth has projected to be here for 3.8 billion years. Dinosaurs were call it a couple hundred million years, right? Somewhere around there. I think it's I have no idea. Summer is 65 to plus 100 million years. So a long period of time. Human sapiens have been around for 200,000 years. Right. So we've only we're only on this like where are we on the consciousness line? This curve. Like are we in the first 1% and we have 99% to go? Are we a quarter of the way there? Are we halfway there and we're making this new tipping point? Do we just get erased one time? I mean, I don't know, like dinosaurs did. That's what I mean like so the only reason I bring that in the perspective is it kind of gives you context to go okay, well then let me ask some bigger questions in my life, right? Okay. So what does this all mean? Then go live your life, Mm -hmm. then go do all those different things, but don't. And so I think when you ask the question, why are people feeling that way? It's because they, I think they've reached a critical point and they're going, I see that what I'm doing isn't really working. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. And maybe quitting my job is the solution, which is not the solution necessarily. Right. Right. I'm not saying if you're in a bad environment, don't do that. I'm not saying change your environment. I'm not saying that, but quitting your job is not necessarily because we're, we saw that going to solve the problem of well-being if you don't know how to handle your own well-being because then you're going to go home and you're going to feel good for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden you're going to go, I'm not good anymore. I actually saw this with somebody close to me, a family member. They quit their job. They were retirement. They were so excited. They, like they timed it up to her partner and they did this. And guess what? Within a couple months, they were both working again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like, how can I, I can't read any books. I got to do something. I gotta, and it's like, and now they're doing this. And now they're like, I oh, wish I just get my job. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. and they're, or and just they're, adjust, yeah. Or made some adjustments that better yes, fit their lifestyle or, or whatever. Recognize that like the, the real work is inside. Yes. But I still feel like you still have to be in alignment with what you're totally. doing. Yes, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and, and yes, I, there's parts of things that I'm doing that I probably wouldn't want to go back and do. Now, if I was asked to do them, I would do them for a period of time until I did wasn't asked or ch- I could change the environment. I'm not, nobody's saying that, right? Nobody's saying not to, 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 you know, if you played in the major leagues, nobody's asking you to go back down and play in college again, right? Or high school again, or in collegiate baseball. Maybe you just don't do that. Maybe you go and say, well, maybe I don't want to play baseball anymore. Maybe I'll be an announcer or maybe I'll be an investor now. So there's always nobody's asking you to go back down to a level. That doesn't mean like, Oh, I should just quit and reverse to something I'm doing. And we're not saying that either. And that's what people get confused. It's more of just 
the work's inside, but nobody, nobody brings this up. Like I was, there was a, another individual who's on a health path in our, in our organization and they're doing a whole bunch of health stuff. And they go, how come they don't teach this stuff to kids? Mm-hmm. How come like I never learned any of this stuff? How come I didn't learn that like you can detox your lymph, right? How could I, I didn't know that you could, you know, like we talk about cold laser detoxing yeah. like or, or like any of these things. How didn't, because nobody teaches it. And same thing, I go, you should have a permit for your mind. <laughs> nobody <laughs> teaches you how to use your mind. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, it's expected, but it's the only relationship that matters. Because if the relationship inside, and everyone knows what I'm talking about, how you feel is a relationship. And that's the most important relationship because you are the one experiencing, feeling that relationship at all times. So that is the most important relationship. You should wake up every day and say, how do I strengthen this relationship? And it's not to go out and do that, but that's the way we think it is because the mind's got you in a grip and saying, I know how to make Hallie happy. And and you go, how? And you go, go get or go do or go renounce or whatever it is, like just it tells you to go do that. And you go, yes. Right. And then what do you say when it, it says that you just say, no, I'm honestly, good. literally it's a, it's a wonderful question. I just go, you don't really know. Thank you. You don't actually know what's going to make me happy. You don't actually know what joy is going to bring to me. And it's almost like, yeah, you're right. I don't. I said, you only have a small, you have 0.0000001% of knowing what's actually happened today. <laughs> so how do you know what's actually going to make me happy? So I said, I said, thanks. I love the mind. I love using the mind as the tool, which is perfect. You just don't let it run your life. That voice is telling people what to do and we're chasing after it. And that becomes part of the problem. And that's why our society has culturized and saying, I've had this experience that, and I've been told that if I go, go to college and I get, which by the way, I even think we're going to see a whole shift in, in schooling. In oh, general. I do too. I like, think we already are starting to. Yeah. And I think, and I think right now employers, even us, like, I don't really even look at college. I don't either. No, anymore. I'd rather look at experience or especially or or refer like uh, who's referred them to us. Yes. And and do I res- you know trust and respect that person? But there was a period of time, especially because I graduated in two thousand four, that was really critical. That like it was like where'd you go to school? I wouldn't have gotten my job at a small nonprofit without having a college degree. And you graduated in oh seven. Seven. Yeah. So it's like that that ninety nine to early thousands yeah. was like you went to school, like you got your job. Yeah. Now we kinda wake up and I, I think people are recognizing that it A, it 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 works and it doesn't work. Right. Like I, I, I'm not going to get in the whole like hierarchy of a college system, but like there's a lot of facets around college that work, but then there's a lot of things that don't like my, my theory is this, like I could have slimmed down my experience in college to about 18 months. Yes. uh, Same. So it's like, now I understand if you're going for a doctor or if you're going for an accountant or some extended measure, but can't you just, that's what I mean. I I think two year certification. Well, I do nurses certifications now. Right. And now I get it. And then, then it's really what more about is being in the field. Like, and so like, I think like, I think it's college should be about, I want to go in and people say the argument to this sometimes is that I don't know what I want to do. Okay, great. Well right. then, then don't spend $50,000 a year. Yeah, trying maybe to figure it maybe out. take a year off, go yeah. get a job and see yeah. if you want to go back and I say, get a job, go get an opportunity, go do something. Yeah. You it's know, the, that other, the article I sent you about, um, or I think it was a podcast that Angela Duckworth did about should kids get jobs. Yes what I thought was really interesting in that was she talked about how as soon as her daughter could work, she was like, you need to go work. And she had to like work in a restaurant or something and she washed dishes. And eventually over the summer she worked up to like being a gen, like one of the assistant managers or something like that. And when it came time to like graduate from college and all of that, she was like, Angela was like, okay, so you know, you're pro- she assumed she was going to do something in the food and beverage industry because she'd really worked her way up, yeah. maybe hospitality management or something. And she was like, her daughter was like, I now know I have, want nothing to do with this, but she would not, probably never have known that 
without having gone through that entire experience. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like right now there's a coach that runs um, a traveling lacrosse team for all the state of Vermont. And my son is really addicted to lacrosse right now. But he actually, every time he gets in there, I love his philosophy. And he goes, go play another sport. Go play another sport. So yeah. he's doing football instead. He's like convinced them, like, go play football. And it's flag football right now. And I'm actually help coach. It's fun. Like, go play football and go play. So, like, I want you to do this. So you actually start to realize. And if you actually, uh, I feel maybe it was something that you and I were both listening to or reading. The, the most, the athletes actually that are really good actually played multiple sports yes. until they got into one. So they figured out which one they could either were better at and, or they just enjoyed, enjoyed more, more or they just sure. kind of fell into their, whatever it was. And yeah. I think the same thing goes on is like, we should, the kids should be working. Yeah. Not maybe not working like we do, like, but like at four or five and six, they should like, I'm, I'm having my kids like show up at events and work to do different things. Where do they naturally go to like go to art classes and then they're doing horseback riding and get, we have yeah. money so we can do some of those things. I understand, but there's plenty of things you can, you can expose your kids to younger than just going through the motions of what that is and seeing where they naturally thrive on that. So that when they get to, you know, it's not like somebody just started being an athlete and just instantly wanted to play something, right? They typically have done different things. So then they arrive at some point, it's clear for what direction they want to go into from an education perspective i can see like college being completely like reworked like i just i think we kind of are in agreement on that right like whether it's certificate certifications or like two-year programs or whatever but do you think there's going to be is there an issue with missing the social part of going to college i mean for me it, there was none because i worked all through college and lived off campus on an apartment yeah so i made my own friends but i think you could still have the social experience um, at that age, whether you go to, um, college or go to a two year college, I think I had an enhanced social experience that I probably, um, I, I, I actually had mine more in, and people know the story more in like high school. So when I went to college, I was actually ready to work. I was ready to actually move my career forward. I wanted to move something forward. So I didn't, um, I probably studied harder than most people did. And I actually, um, while I enjoyed being in a dorm, mm -hmm. I actually would rather have been by myself a lot. Yeah. Kind I, of didn't, naturally that's funny. It is. I didn't like, so I mean, I think again, but I think people, if they're going to, if they're naturally want to do those things, they're going to find ways to be experienced. I think yeah. sports are wonderful things to do for those different right, things. Going on mission trips or volunteer trips or, or, or studying abroad. I mean, honestly, yeah, studying abroad. And I, I think part of that is, is like when, when I think early, the earlier you can do with your kids or even you, if you're listening to this and you're in high school, is like, go get internships, work during the summers, not because you can make a bunch of money to do it. You're not going to make that much money. You will make money. I'm not saying that, but like, you're not going to like be retire from it. But what you're trying to do is like, what's work all about? What do I want to kind of do here? What do I naturally fall into? Um, and continue to work on them and work on yourself. So I think it'll be interesting to see, um, mm -hmm. where that kind of turns out. Yeah, well, it's totally. been a wide ranging conversation yes, today. It has. Um, the main kind of the conversation, uh, was that is wide ranging. And, um, I think again, if people are kind of wrapping up this, it's more of, how can I, how can I just ask more of the question about how do I want to feel today, which is a wonderful one to ask, but also like, how are you really doing? And does the path you're really on, is it really working? Like, and be honest with yourself. And it may take months to be honest with yourself, but then when you realize that there's freedom in doing, it. I actually heard Martha Beck say this when she said, you know, um, you may, when you jump into a fire, one of two things is going to happen it's not going to be a fire and it's going to be beautiful or it's going to be a fire and you're going to burn 
but you're going to be a, you're going to come out on the other side and rise up like a sphinx, right? Like you're going to be this new creative phoenix. creature. Phoenix. Sorry. Yes. What did I say? Phoenix. It's like, <laughs> it's like an animal. Exactly. But you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's like when you jump in those things, so I thought that was actually, uh, that's kind of stuck with me. So when you, when you kind of realize that it's like, it's not going to be what you thought it was or yeah, it'll be really challenging, but there's always going to be something else. I was actually listening to, um, Joe Rogan and, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, there's, I think he's got some, some good things and to kind of, what's funny is that there's this whole interaction that has happened since January and this kind of like canceled Joe Rogan movement. They were talking, they're actually Lex Friedman was interviewing him about, uh, how'd you handle it during this time? Cause everyone is telling you to cancel you. He's, he actually gained 2 million subscribers hmm, and he sort of said it's actually backfired. His, yeah. They went and they still kind of doing those things. Um, right. Because everyone wants to know, like, well, what is he saying? That's should be canceled. Yeah, he's like, he just, and so he got he, more subscribers. For, I thought that was kind of interesting for what it was. And they said, well, how, how do you, how do you handle all this stuff? And one of the things he actually did say, he goes, I just, I created these punishing workouts. So the workouts were so bad that it was, if I could handle the workout and then I could handle a cold plunge and then handle a hot therapy that when I walked into my day, it was actually much easier to yeah, handle. That was everything. easy. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I just thought that was a good way of, of, of actually, he also said how he handled his mushrooms. Oh, really? Every day. He wasn't joking. Yeah. Like he no, took I'm like, sure he like wasn't. a gram yeah. of mushrooms every day, which is, he said, but he said the workout was the most important part. And that's why I think like we always, like physical activity is kind of that movie. Because you, if you want to withstand mental toughness, right, there's go create the mental toughness that you can withstand. So then when you show up in your day, you're like, huh, this is, it's more of a thing that you do on the physical side. Hey, before you go today, I want to give a shout out to everyone who has left us a review. It really makes a huge impact and helps us spread the word about our podcast. This review is from ES Dunn. Love to listen to Adam and Hallie's podcast. I'm always inspired and challenged to change and be a better person. Love that. I love the positivity and that they share their successes, I would add, and our failures with their listeners. So thank you so much for that review, ES Dunn. We really look forward to reading these every time they come in. So thanks again. 